Welcome to the inner world of filmmaking. I'm your host, Tammy McGarrow. I'm an editor, podcaster, and still photographer. In this show, I will interview filmmakers in all facets of production and distribution. I'm excited to welcome Michael Horton, who is the founder of the Los Angeles Creative Pro User Group, which has now over 3,000 members worldwide. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've watched a few of your episodes on Spotify, and you really do a great job. So thanks for what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I, I'm actually, I'm flattered to be on it with you when you've had uh, Timothy Good and Emily Mendez on it. It's like, wow. Because <laughs> we had them too. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah, it was through your group that I asked them. Ah, yeah, great. I mean, there's there's such sweet people. Yes, and, they are. Uh, very nice, and boy, they're giving. You know, that's a, you know they they they're they're great pros, and they found themselves in that great spot right now where they're getting a lot of attention, and they're giving back. Of course, all editors I talk to are like that. Um, I've never met an editor ever in the twenty three years I've been doing this that has been a jerk. Right. Never. It's, so it's 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 really kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, they were they were so wonderful, and it's just always nice to meet new people. And I just yeah. think your group is amazing. I remember it back when it was uh, the Los Angeles Final Cut Pro User Group. I've attended a when I lived in LA. I attended your group. I f found it very informative. It's such a collaborative group and a great networking where it's kind of yeah. bringing great people. So I'm just curious, like. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself and how and why you decided to start this group in 2000? Yeah, that uh, if you recall, and I'm sure you do, uh, when Final Cut Pro came out, the editing software, it came out in about, what, 1999, almost 2000. And at that point in my life, I had been an actor for about 25 years. And what I really wanted to do was direct. And uh, this software came out. And uh, allowed you to put this thing on your laptop, plug a digital camera into your laptop, and begin editing. So it democratized the filmmaking to a point that it hasn't been done for ever. And then all of a sudden, this revolution. Everybody wanted to make movies. Everybody wanted to edit movies, and including me. So I taught myself how to edit. What I felt might be able to speed my knowledge up more was to hang out with a lot of people who were smarter than me. Now, you got to remember, when this revolution was happening, it was nuts. I mean, it was a crazy, crazy time. I had met a bunch of people on this website called Tupop.com, and uh, we decided to, hey, we know enough people, let's let's start a user group and uh, in, in Los Angeles. And I kind of appointed myself as the, uh, the head of the whole thing, and... Uh, and it was really just a chance to meet each other, ask each other what the heck was going on, share information of what's wrong with the software, uh, help each other out on uh, movies. Huge, just from the very beginning. And we had met in a small place called Digital, uh, I mean, the Video Symphony in Burbank. It held about 25 people, and we had about 30 people show up. And so we outgrew that place immediately. And then we went to another place in Hollywood called Dr. Rostock. It lasted there for about three meetings, and we outgrew that place. And uh, then we moved to Moviola and outgrew that place in like one meeting. And finally found a home at the L.A. Film School for 
three years, two, three years before we finally landed at the Gallery Theater in at Barnsdale Art Park. And we have been there since, I can't remember the first year, but I think we've been there probably 18 years, something like that. So, and it is a great space. It is a great venue. We're very lucky to have it. And it's been that kind of similar format ever since the beginning. It was, it is a networking group, first and foremost. But you're going to learn something. You're going to learn new software. You're going to learn editing tips and tricks. You're going to learn coloring, all things post-production. And, uh, and you're going to get a chance to learn it from the best people in the business. And, uh, and also you're going to get a chance if you, you know, have the courage is to meet people and talk to them. And uh, that's what this whole thing has been about. And I can't tell you how many people have gotten work just by coming to a Lassie Pug meeting, you know, over and over and over again, then becoming a part of it. I mean, I don't know how much you're going to get out of it coming one time, but you're going to get a lot out of it coming several times. And that's what it's, uh, it's been. I've made some really good friends. Other people have made some really good friends. And as you know, in this business, networking is number one. Yeah, and uh, and the new networking is really connecting and making friends with people. It's not just about, you know, what can you do for me, but it's like, how do how can we work together? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, is it, you know, you're not going to get much anywhere. What can you do for me? Right, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, nobody wants that. You know, you, but uh, eventually it's organically happens uh, that you each, uh, you know, help each other. And everybody wants to help each other. I mean, there's nobody who doesn't want to help each other. Yeah. And uh, uh, it just makes you feel good. And every, everybody that I know in this business really does want to help you. And it really does take a little bit of courage to maybe write them an email and and I, and just, I hi, I, my name is, I'm in this business, I love your work and I want to learn something from you. Do you have any time to have maybe have a cup of coffee? You never know what's going to happen from that cup of coffee, but you got to have the courage to at least start somewhere. And sometimes at a Lassie Pug meeting, you can have that courage. And you can be talking to, you know, A-listers who, who have made it and how, why did they make it? You know, why? <laughs> it's, yes. Aren't you as good as they are? Probably. What what elevated them to that that in demand A list category? So um, it's uh, it's one of those mysterious things. It's the same with actors and directors and anybody in the uh, in the entertainment industry. Pick their brains, and everybody's smarter than you are anyway. <laughs> so well, well, that's how you learn and grow. Is like we all right. have uh, knowledge, and this is an opportunity to sit with people and talk to them. And also, you know, um, if you're shy, you just keep going over time. And before you know it, you know, you're getting to know this, the regulars that come every time. And also volunteering. I mean, I'm sure yeah. you take volunteers. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, whatever, whatever you need to do in order to feel comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. Nobody's really uncomfortable going up to somebody and saying, hi, my name is, you know, let's talk. What do you want to talk about? Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> You know, especially especially editors who are, are alone a lot. They're much more comfortable behind a keyboard than they are face to face with people. But that takes practice. You gotta get out of the house, you gotta go practice. It's a whole different thing than meeting virtually. And you know, it's I you know, I 
we probably met at a Lassie Pug meeting, but I, I mean, I can't remember, but it would be a whole different experience meeting you face-to-face and shaking your hand and uh, saying hi than it is in this situation where I see you on a screen, which right. is always weird to me anyway, This the whole the whole uh, uh, virtual thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's uh, at least, I mean, it's something, but it's so much more important, so much more gratifying, and I think much more... Uh, helpful to meet face to face. Yeah, we're really we're really fortunate and uh, I mean uh, audiences also also depend on the agenda. If people are interested in the agenda then it's a full house. If it's more of a niche agenda then it's not. But I've always uh, I always choose the agenda or build the agenda based on what I think people should know versus what they want to know. Occasionally I have to I have to pad it with celebrities and things like that just to make a make the money that I lost the yeah. the the uh, the meeting before because it was a niche type of a show, and uh, I said, "Well, I got to make some money on this one in order to continue," which yeah. is always a you know is always an issue when we get into that later, if anybody ever wants to start a user group. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's it's yeah we're we're really lucky and we're still getting the big crowds. Yeah. So in 2012, you changed the name to the Los Angeles Creative Pro User Group. Uh, what made you want to change the name? Yeah, that's when, uh, when if, if you were a Final Cut user, when Final Cut 10 came out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a game changer. I'm sorry for Final Cut, you know. It was. I mean, it was. I mean, I, you know, if you would have stayed with it for maybe a few more years after that, you know, there's, there's still an enormous amount of people using it mostly in Europe for professional reasons. But it got such a bad reputation uh, here in the U.S. that it's just never recovered. I produced all these 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 shows called Super Meets, and I did that for a number of years. I'm, I'm no longer doing that, but I did that for a number of years. And Apple kind of took over one of our meetings in Vegas, and that's when they introduced Final Cut 10. And that show, it didn't go over too well. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a big crowd. That was just, just you know, it was like double the capacity of the room. I'm wow. lucky we didn't get in trouble. And then on, it was, it, we didn't have much choice to change it to, uh, we had to change it to uh, the Creative Pro User Group. But quite frankly, it was always a Creative Pro User Group. We always talked about Avid. We always talked about Premiere, we were pretty agnostic when it came to uh, non-linear editors. However, we just gave a little bit of extra oomph to uh, Final Cut Pro because that was what most people were using. But after Final Cut 10 came out, then it just, uh, you know, the bottom dropped out and uh, we had no choice but to uh, to, to change the name. And yeah. I, was, I was never fond of Los Angeles Final Cut Pro user group. It was just one of those things because it was what everybody was using, what everybody was wanting to learn. And then after 10, we became what we really always were, agnostic uh, NLE user group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the format of the meeting? And and you said that it hasn't changed over the years, so that's great. I know you have a panel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, on, which is good. If it fresh. works. No, if it works, why, <laughs> yeah, why change it, right? Yeah, um, it's, I'm too lazy. 
<laughs> now, so um, I noticed that you have a panel. Is it usually the regular panel that starts it, or do you yeah. change people? I mean, in- I'm I'm honestly hate panels. I just hate them. I think they're boring, and uh, I honestly hate boring subjects. I don't like so much selling software. I like you know if you're going to sell me software, teach me how to use it. That's going to be the kind of demo. Uh, you know, PowerPoint slides and arrows and, and all that kind of is just death. And uh, but yeah, the the show starts out with a panel of about four people, and it's called Stump the Gurus. And quite frankly, it, it's it's one of the most fun parts of the evening uh, for me. But it, the re- reason for doing it is to allow everybody who's getting there find a place to park. They're running around the the uh, the perimeter of the uh, theater and trying to find a place to park. So if they miss Stump the Gurus, they haven't really missed the show. So uh, we always started out for Stump the Gurus, and that's a, just a chance for people to talk to to four experts in the industry, um, usually uh, experts on, on post-production and uh, networking. I mean, just about any subject you can possibly think of. And uh, a lot gets done in that 30 minutes with these these amazing people that, keep changing each each month and uh, I have a lot of go-to people that if they can make it that night they're there all the time but if they can't I got a lot of other go-to people that are are just as brilliant it's one of my favorite parts of the show I mean it's it's I can always count on it being really interesting yeah and uh, but if people miss it it's okay we'll get to the full agenda a little bit later on so and then after that how how do I put the agenda together is is by feeling. There, there's usually a couple of presentations before the break, probably on new software, software techniques, and then the break, which usually lasts 30 minutes. And I always say this is the most important part of the show. It's the break. And um, what do we do during the break? Well, we go out in the lobby and we say hello to each other. And, and they might come to the, uh, the the front of the stage and talk to who that was just on and ask them questions and one on one and and maybe stay in the audience and ask each other questions and meet each other and talk and yak and all that kind of stuff. Then after the break is usually the headliner, whatever it may be. I don't know, but it's usually a headliner, one headliner, or if I can cram in two, uh, we put that in there too because we only have a certain amount of time. And at the end of that, we have this raffle, which is always fun. I always call it the world famous raffle, and it's really just a—it's just a time to get goofy and uh, and maybe win something cool, and uh, and then we go home. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it hasn't changed <laughs> in 23 years. I, I don't think I had a stump the gurus panel though in the beginning, but eventually I had one. Lassie Pug attracts a different crowd almost every month. So a lot of people are there for the first time. That was the joke back in the early days. If you uh, come to a Lassy Bug meeting, you'll never come back because it was always new people. Uh huh. <laughs> Every show, it was always a packed house, with all but always new people. And I never could quite figure that out. And uh, we we have our fans, but uh, it's mostly new people. Wow. Well, that's all, yeah. that's great. That's great that. Uh... If you were a consistent, you'd meet a whole bunch of people every time, which yeah, is kind of nice. Mean, you, you really could. I mean, from the from the people who do come consistently, it's in a minority of the audience. It's probably less than fifty people, 
and uh, and the theater holds about 300. We we probably get about 150 to 250 people a meeting. You know, 250 for the you know the big time agendas, and with the celebrities and that kind of thing. And but that's still there'd be like 200 new people and 50 50 uh, regulars. So yeah. I've never been able to quite figure it out, but I like it that yeah. way. I like bringing in new people. And that's the way it is almost every meeting. It's always new people. Oh, that's... And it's also skewing, skewing younger, uh-huh. which is another thing that's very nice, you know, especially with an old guy like me heading the whole thing up. I'm still... It brings in a lot of new people, especially a lot of new people who just came to Los Angeles and they're new. They want to meet people. They want to see what's going on. And here's a platform for them to, to do that because there's not very many of them left. Especially after the pandemic, a lot of things just closed down. Uh, I feel a kind of responsibility of trying to keep this thing going, which is not easy uh, because it's it's expensive to produce these shows. And without sponsors, it's uh, it, I, I don't want to lose money. You know, I'm I'm basically breaking even. I, I have the the time and I have the will to put my heart and soul into these, these shows and not make a lot of money because I've, I've done all, you know, pretty well in my life, so I'm fairly comfortable. However, it would be nice to make a few bucks in these things. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's what I'm doing this summer. Um, I'm, I'm looking for sponsors because for the first time in 23 years, we're, we're out of sponsors. And so I'm kind of looking around and see if we can get... Uh, uh, some uh, corporations to step up. Yeah, so I would. You know, I'm not very good at. Nobody's good at that. Nobody's good at begging for money. And that's essentially what I'm doing. I'm begging for money, and uh, but we, you know, we had done really well for years and years and years, but for reasons that I still can't explain, it sort of just all dropped off. But that's that's kind of the way it's been going for a lot of organizations and a lot of corporations. And, you know, they want something for their money, but as a sponsor of this group, sponsor of Lassie Pug, what they're getting is they can say they're part of community. Now, is that important to them? If it is, then they'll throw me the money. And uh, uh, if it's not, then they want certain things that I can't give them. And it's like, I have my letter on, here's what you'll get. And here's what you won't get, and here's what you can do, and this is what you can't do. And a lot of corporations just don't go for that kind of thing. But in the past, you know, these people wanted to be part of the community. And I think there's lots of them out there who st- still do. Their name and Lassie Pug mean something. The fact that we've been doing this for so long is uh, is is remarkable. <laughs> and and we're, still, we're still able to pay the rent. Well, I mean, I think that there's opportunities for sponsorship that it doesn't seem like you're begging for money because I think that they've got a house of 250 people that would could buy their product, you know, yeah. or service, and you can pitch it to them. I mean, I, I would think that that's worth a lot of money, you know, and every- Yeah, I mean, well, it, it is. And uh, in, in the past, it's, it's it's worked out fine without it being, you know- Pay to play kind of thing, uh, where you get up there and you and you demo your software in order for hope hope that somebody's going to buy it. If you do that every month, then you're not going to last. It's just uh, it's uh, there has to be 
it is creative pro user group. So even though you need to be technical as well as creative, and we do those those sorts of things, um, it is a creative pro user group. So our demos tend to skew more creative than it is to sell. You know, there's there's times where I'll give that speech to the to the artist who's demoing, and they won't listen, and they'll go up and do that thing. I know what I want to see if I'm out in the audience, and I know how I want to see it. And that's kind of what uh, I've been doing for the last 23 years to the best of my ability. Yeah. And uh, for the most part, um, mo that's what most people want to do. That's Most people who, who demo their software, that's what they want to do. They want to show you how cool this stuff is and how world-changing this stuff is. And if, if, some, if, you wanna bu if you buy it, great. If not, okay. You just, you know, we'll move on. On another note, like with the raffles, how are you getting the raffle prices? Yeah, this, uh, that's that's not really that hard. Uh, again, it's a bit time consuming. You just uh, you know ring up, email the uh, the uh, companies, and say, "Can you donate?" Wow. And uh, most of them say yes. And uh, I think they they get a big kick out of the winner contacting them and say, "Hey, I I won, and I'm so excited, and, uh, and you know send me the prize. Here's my email address, or here's my address." And I think that they like like that. And uh, we just made it an entertaining kind of uh, event, made people do silly things and stuff, and you get more than what you are uh, getting. And uh, so, yeah, the, the raffle has is, is always been a big deal because it's just fun, and it gives everybody a chance to just get loose. Yeah, I liked, uh, I went to the one with Tim Goods and Emily Mendez. And I liked how you said, okay, so if we call your number, come out yeah. oh, and act we, like, yeah. kind of like the price is right. Like, get excited <laughs> and run down and you'll get another prize. Right. And, Show I mean, me a little it. joy. <laughs> Show me a little happiness. Show me that you care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's a spiel to get everybody uh, uh, excited. Because a raffle can be really boring. Yeah. And uh, I think I learned this from uh, Chris Meyer. He had this user group called... MGLA, Motion Graphics Los Angeles. And he shared the uh, theater with us. One of his raffles was, you know, especially when men won, they just sort of saunter up and this, you know, I'm cool. I'm not happy. And then Chris said something about it once. And so I decided to just take it a little bit in a different direction and, and make people get excited because you got to entertain those people out there who are hoping to win something because this raffle's going on forever. So entertain us. Let's have some fun. And uh, it just stayed that way. So it, uh, I, I always look forward to the raffle. It's kind of it's, it's my little shtick. And, yeah, I'm a little game show host. Yeah, well, <laughs> they're great prizes, too. So it's always like, you know, I notice a lot of people stay till the end to see if they won or not. You know, you'd think some people oh, sure. would probably leave, and but that's, no. And that, it's another, it's a bribery thing. Yeah. And <laughs> you want to keep them there to the end in case that, second half of the show is of no interest to them well the raffle might be so that makes them stay there and watch the uh the second half of the show so it's uh you know it's a, it's a little bribe yeah well and you have a lot of raffle t uh items i noticed that too it's like and another thing and another thing you know like yeah, it's not like it's okay three things you win and then you're out of here it's like you know, feels like sometimes well, 10 that's to the, 15. Whole, the, the whole thing with the raffle is you win that prize. But if you show me some excitement and joy, you're going to win something else, too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, 
So that I can get rid of those uh, prizes pretty quickly. So I'm curious, like, how you select your guests and topics, if you could walk us through that flow. And are you ahead of the game, like you're already booked out months or is it no. month to month? And then no, how do you contact yeah. these big guys? Um, well, first of all, I've been doing it for so long that I know just about everybody. So if I don't know the people that uh, I would love, I know somebody who probably does. So they can contact them on my behalf or I can ask them, can you give me an introduction? That sort of thing. Um, the problem with having guests so far in advance is that things are moving so quickly. Probably 90% of the time don't set the agenda until about two and a half weeks before the meeting. So I'm constantly looking for what the big world-changing things are that particular month. And if there aren't, then I'll, I'll rack my brain and, and try to come up with something. And there are some times when the agenda is just not to my liking at all. It's just one of those, I have to put something together. But most of the time, it, it just comes together. And it's, it's, it's not hard getting the people that you want because all you have to do is ask them. And if they have the time, they'll say yes. It's really that simple. How did I get Timothy and Emily? I asked them. It's, you know, it's, how do I get, you know, a person like Walter Murch? I asked him. And I got, you know, if you look at the Lassie Pug's past meetings, it goes all the way back to 2000. You know, dozens and dozens of Academy Award winners and how do you get them? How are you going to get them to show up for some goofy user group here in Los Angeles? Well, you ask them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really that simple. And, uh, and most of them is, have heard of the group because we've been around for so long. Back in the early days, this is before editors became celebrities. Um, and I think we had something to do with making editors somewhat celebrities. We would bring these, these working editors who had a hit movie or had a hit TV show come in and talk about what they're doing and how they do it and what makes them so good at what they do. And um, how'd you get them to be willing to just ask them? Just ask them. That's really, nobody's comfortable in front of an audience. Right. And especially, especially editors. But you, you, you help them through it and you help them feel comfortable. And before you know it, they love doing it and then they go out and do a whole bunch more. You know, Timothy, he's, he's a teacher, so he's really comfortable front of an audience and he's so articulate you know some of the ones the some of the editors who have had experience teaching they're the best yep you know that just because it's how do you talk about editing unless somebody's asking you questions yeah but how can you go up there and just talk editing there's only a few people that can are really good at that walter murch is a really good example you don't interview walter murch he does it on his own he comes up there and he talks about his process and he does it very well. You just—it's much better than having somebody talk to him about, "Hey, apocalypse now." Is that, is that hard <laughs> right. It's, it's, you know, but but you learn so much from people like them, who uh, or love to impart their their wisdom to you because they've been doing it for so long, and they just know how to do it. I would think it'd be really hard to talk about any of the crafts: directing, acting. Writing. Jeez, how do you talk about writing? <laughs> well, I guess ask the right question and then yeah, elicit guess, like, the right answer. Or yeah, but what are the, yeah, but what are the right questions? I don't know. Oh, 
I've got. I'm many. not smart enough. I'm not, <laughs> I consider myself, you know, for, I don't like I don't like technical questions. I, you know, I'm a fairly good interviewer, only so that I can make the the guest feel somewhat comfortable. I remember we had uh, the great Dee Dee Allen. You know, oh wow! Number of years, number yeah, number of years ago, and the first thing she said to me, you know, as we were prepping this whole thing. She says, I'm not technical. Don't ask me any technical questions. I go, good, because I'm not technical either. So, but, you know, most of these people are, are very creative and they make those creative decisions. But how do they get those creative decisions? How do they get to them? Is it, you know, what, what, what flashes in their head? Why cut here? Why cut? You know, it's, it's, it's really, it's really tough. And it is just, that's why they call it an art. Yeah, it, it's always, though, interesting to know somebody's flow. Like, you know, what do they start with? How do they go into yeah. it? You know, because you can learn so much just by the way they do things, the way they set the thing up, or tips that they've learned from other people or structures, you know. So I am yeah, always I mean, back. Are, 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 you, are you a different editor now than you were 10 years ago? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, Yes, um, because I'm always constantly learning and growing, watching right. what other people do, try to mimic what they do, maybe put my spin on that. You know, it's like you're yeah. always constantly growing and learning. I don't think you're ever there. So, and I, I don't ever want to be there. I always want to be learning. That's why yeah. I love this platform because I get to meet people in all facets of production and I get to learn. I get to learn what they do, how they think, how they do things, and their words yeah. of wisdom. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, uh, I learn something new every every show, and uh, what's what's great about that is, oh yeah, well that's cool. I'll do that. <laughs> it's like this, and you didn't know for some stupid reason, even though you've been doing it forever. Oh, that's cool. I will do that. Yeah, you know, that's those those little kind of things that that makes a hell of a lot more sense the way I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, so right. You know, you tend to get into that that habit. Yes, in those habits, even though they're they work for you. But when you see somebody else say, you know, I, I do this and it's okay. I like that. And so it's, that solves that stupid habit that I have that I don't want to do anymore, but I'm too lazy to do this. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's those, those wonderful aha moment, moments yeah. that we, we all just love to, to see and do if you do it. Right. Well, you know, and I think with editors and writers, it can be a little bit in a bubble. You're by yourself a lot of the time and you don't really have that collaboration. I mean, I think if you're doing like scripted television and film, there might be a little bit more collaboration with the directors, possibly the writer, producers. But when you're yeah. on your own doing independent stuff, sometimes you're just alone in it. And uh, and with writing, I mean, I can only imagine you're alone with it. You have to come up with the story. But when you start to talk to other people doing the same thing that you do, I just feel like, wow, it's just like, you know, like you're saying, it's like, I didn't think about that. What a world. But that, uh, again, you have to you have to be open to that and you have to put yourself out there. You have to, you know, go to go to one of these group things and go to film festivals and watch movies and then talk to the people afterwards. And which I think is really Especially if you're getting started in editing, you want to meet filmmakers. Yes. You want to meet indie guys and just ask them questions. That's almost more important than the networking type of groups uh, that I do. Go to those little film festivals and goodness knows, there's one a week in Los Angeles. They're just everywhere, all the time. It could right. cost you a pretty penny, but it's uh, it might pay off in the uh, long run. 
Well, yeah, because just like you were saying with talking to like the filmmakers, the directors of these films, like align yourself to the ones you really love. Like you yeah. love the way they did it and then talk to the director because you never know when they're looking for an editor. Sure. You know, and sure. when you align to some some directors, they keep you on to all of their films. So, you yeah, it's, never just, know. It's, it's part of that whole networking thing. But you're doing it for I mean, those those directors who you really like. Right. Where you just saw their movie and you go, holy crap, this was wonderful. I want to meet this person. Yeah. It's, it's or, it organically happens. It's not like I'm looking for a job sort of. Right. You just, I want to know this person. I want to say, I want to tell him how much I enjoyed his friggin' movie. <laughs> and, exactly. And everybody likes that. Everybody wants to be complimented. And uh, everybody wants to know how you feel as long as that feeling is, uh, is, uh, is positive. Right. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, as you were talking about just meeting somebody that you really like what they've done, because right there, you could ask them so many questions about how did you like capture this mood and this shot? And wow, <laughs> I love this angle. Like, what made you think of that? You know, I just yeah. think there's so much that um, and it's collaboration. It's, you know, especially. Sure. I mean, there's, you know, the editors go to those film festivals, too, of those movies that you might like. You know, a lot of most film festivals, in fact, especially the smaller ones, uh, there's so many bad movies, but occasionally there's this absolute gem. And uh, it might not ever see the light of day, but it's still an absolute gem. And you're fortunate enough to see that. Yeah. Meet the filmmaker, meet the editor, meet the people behind that film. That's going to help you more than anything. Right. Yeah, I so, agree. Yeah, go to a lot of film festivals, even though you're just going to be, you know, 80% of those movies are going to be crap, but it's, uh, there are some gems out there. Why don't we give the audience when and where your group meets, just so that everybody knows the time, the date. Okay, as a rule, it's the fourth Wednesday of the month. And then go to, to uh, lafcpug.org and, and join our mailing list, which is you know, kind of a goofy thing that I've sent out, like the, the next meeting kind of stuff. It's no, yeah. it used to be a really long newsletter and I got tired of doing that. You'll know the next meeting, you'll know the agenda, you'll know if you want to come or you, or you, or those world changing pieces of software. That's what brings in the big crowds, but you got to do those, uh, other, other meets, um, teaching you the things that you need to know is not only a filmmaker, but as an editor. Um, and then what time does the group meet at? It uh, starts at 6.45 with Stump the Gurus, that panel, and then goes to about 10 o'clock. Yeah, so, you know, or as I say, goes until you drop. <laughs> I love it's, it. It's a long meeting. So any... But it's, but it's entertaining. <laughs> it definitely is very entertaining, and yeah. you get a... Every time I've gone, you've gotten a great crowd. It's a great place to meet new people. I did meet some people there and it was like... Now you, li you live in San Diego, right? Yeah, I used to live in LA for several years and then I moved back to San Diego. So you drove up for the uh, meeting? Yes, I did. Wow. Yes, I did. Well, I'm honored. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you had a great panel. So I was like, of course I'm going to go. I know people in LA, so I, you know, <laughs> it's just a reason to come up, you know, but I'll go up for shoots too. So it's not like... That was a good show. That was yeah. a really good show. There was a lot of really good people. You know, a lot of good editors and a lot yes. of working editors, and you know, and also so articulate. It was so good. Uh, you, you, yeah, you got a good one. You that was, and now that whole show was up on the uh, Lassie Pug uh, YouTube channel. 
Oh, great. Which uh, I should mention. Yeah, just go to uh, uh, YouTube and type in LACPUG. All of our, a lot of our past meetings are up there. So any closing thoughts you want to leave our listeners with today? No, I'm just, uh, you know, if anybody out there uh, uh, want to shoot me an email and talk to me about sponsorships, <laughs> that's what I'm going to be doing for the next few weeks. And uh, again, if you're new to this industry or even if you're not, uh, you want to go to events like this. You'll not only learn something, you'll meet really good people that are like-minded and uh, you make a few friends and uh, maybe those friends will change your life. I agree. Thank you so much yeah. for being on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been a lot. It's been a blast. And uh, you know, come. You know, I know it's a it's a long drive, but I hope you come to uh, come to another Lassie Bug meeting. Of course, I will. Of course, I will. Okay. All right. Great. Thanks, Tammy. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to get out there and make a film. Reach out to your local filmmakers group to get involved and connect. Please subscribe to the show if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at Tammy McGarrow. Until we meet again, what's your story?